Welcome to the Wisdom for Warriors podcast. On this episode, we're back with Pastor Brian Shepard from Doc Talks with Dr. Brian Shepard. All right, welcome back. Uh, I'm here with uh, Dr. Brian Shepard again. Uh, round two, we just got back from the Man Alive uh, expedition. Uh, this was my third one. Your it's my fourth. Fourth. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so that was down in... Um, was it, is it Grape Land or Grape Vine? It's Grape Land. Yeah, grape it's land. actually in Crockett. Crockett, Texas is oh, where okay. the camp's at. So yeah. it's Crockett, Texas, Grape Land, whatever it was. It's, I think it's, it's way beautiful. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it, it, it really is. They tell you to put the GPS in before you get too far because you mm -hmm. might not make it. Yep. Um, I absolutely love that uh, campground. Um, That's one of the nicest campgrounds I've ever been to. Yeah. Like, it's it's at a kid's um christian camp mm -hmm. uh, summer camp and anything you can think of as far as what you would have seen in movies growing up as far as camp you know <laughs> summer camps yeah that was it i never yeah. went to summer camp yeah. but now. it's not it's uh it's a lot nicer than any camp i ever went to in the summer camp as a kid oh really yeah definitely yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and it's a lot better than the Arkansas camp too, where you got 40 in one room. Yeah. That was yeah. more like basic training. <laughs> the one here, the one here in Arkansas. I think there were eight in our room. Eight, maybe. So I had six and then seven, eight, nine. There yep. was nine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, this time around, as far as the lodging goes, I think mm -hmm. I enjoyed it more. I don't know if it was an upgraded, more upgraded camp, um, cabin. Yeah. I know the shower was it looked like they just redid it, right? You know, remodeled right. it or whatever. Um, yeah, we were super lucky that we were right next to the chapel where, <laughs> yes. where everything was being held. Because the last time you and I were there, we walked like a mile and a half to get to where. Yeah, it wasn't actually a mile and a half, but it felt like well it by been. the time you got there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we probably had to walk. I would say at least a half mile to uh, the building, mm -hmm. and then three quarters of a mile to get to to lunch or breakfast or wherever. Mm -hmm. And then all the way back but um yeah it was uh um uh, beautiful weekend the temperature was perfect perfect yeah. yeah that and i guess just thinking every time i go down there because last year it was nice too the weather mm -hmm. um just coming from here mm -hmm. going down there i'm like oh, it's probably gonna be hotter mm -hmm. but <clears throat> the weather's always been beautiful when we go down there yeah um the food's pretty good mm -hmm. Um, I guess we could back up and give a little bit of an explanation of what we're talking what, about. What we're even talking yeah, about. Here. Sorry, just yeah, <laughs> just getting into it. Uh, yeah, so Man Alive Expedition. Um, how how would you describe it? So I would say uh, Man Alive Expedition. Well, first of all, the facts are it's based off of the book uh, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, right. uh, and it, it's a it's an expedition, meaning that. There are steps to it. You you can't just skip a step. You've got to go through the entire expedition. Uh, but it the whole premise is gaining back your masculine heart and understanding that you are a son uh, of the Most High God. That you are the Father's son. You're the Father's beloved son. Uh, and then stepping through all the things that that uh, come to healing, uh, so that we can walk in that freely. Yeah, that's that's it, and it's. Um highly encouraged to turn your phones off and completely disconnect right. um, i almost wish that it was mandatory so do i because because the thing is like if if i 
have my phone and like, for instance, I'm just taking a picture with my phone. Mm -hmm. Somebody who it's their first time is like, well, I thought we couldn't have our phones out when you're on airplane mode taking a picture, but they're not on airplane mode. Uh, The nice thing about the camp in Arkansas is like, there's no service there anyway, (laughs) so it doesn't really matter. Uh, But in, in, in Crockett, there is in places. And so I know that the first time that I went, I completely turned off my phone, which mm-hmm. was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. But I got so much out of it just by being disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, the first one, I shut the phone off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was tough. I, I feel like with the, having the military background and having deployed and stuff, it made it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Still not easy, you know, being away from my then girlfriend and then, you know, my son, but, um, then the second one last year, uh, first time I went down to, uh, the Crockett one in Texas, I was like, oh, I'm, I've already been through this once I can keep my phone. And, uh, that, that was false about, mm-hmm. I feel like the next day we got there Thursday, um, about halfway through the day. That's, you know, I called my wife and I was like, I've got to disconnect. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not focused. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I disconnected. And then this one, like, you know, first thing, you know, right after the first session mm-hmm. called the wife, cut it off. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's so funny. Like we, I feel like everybody knows how connected they are to their mm-hmm. phone. But until you completely remove yourself from your phone, you don't yeah. realize how connected you are. Yeah. You get those phantom vibrations in your pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, well, Jason, a friend that went with us, um, he realized that that was the first time ever he had gone for more than eight or nine hours without any technology. and went the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so do you feel liberated now? <laughs> you know, do you like, I didn't really want to turn mine back on, yeah. you know, to be completely honest. I, I, I kind of like the idea of not having to be available. I, except for to my wife, of course. Right. I turned. Oh, why did I turn mine back on? Because I was going to do the same thing. Because when when Brittany picked me up, mm-hmm. um, oh, I, oh, that's right. I I didn't plan on picking it up, picking her mm-hmm. up, but we didn't really fully coordinate mm-hmm. her picking me up. Sure. So when I came out on the final session all excited she wasn't there i was like oh crap <laughs> so i had to turn on the caller yeah they're just like, wah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. just buzzing 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 because i didn't intend to turn it on or look at it for as long as i could right, right. you know we had six hour or whatever drive back mm-hmm. um but uh it, it it's it's just crazy how connected we are and all the things that happen and it's you know it's not that big of a deal just yeah. to put it down Mm-hmm. But on the same same side, it is mm-hmm. a big deal to, to put it yeah. down. Well, I've been <clears> trying to I know this is a little off subject, but I've been trying to do do not disturb. Yeah, you know, after work hours, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still kind of I don't know. There's a bit of anxiety there. I guess maybe being a pastor sure. and having a congregation that is older that you know you you worry about your sheep and and uh, what could happen. Yeah. So. Um. Uh, absolutely. I can completely understand that. Um, I know guys that are glued to their work phones. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where that thing is half the time, <laughs> like I, but I can understand from that standpoint. Um, but it, that is such a big part of that experience mm-hmm. is getting off that phone, mm-hmm. putting it away. Yeah. And when others do get on theirs, whether they're just taking a picture or not, it is still very distracting. Yeah. 
because it's been such a, a part of our life ingrained into us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it really can change the whole course of that experience. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, that first session, uh, give you a little, they give you a little introduction of what the weekend's going to be like. You know, they ask you to turn off your phones and we kind of break bread over mm-hmm. some potatoes. And then, yeah, baked uh, potatoes. And- some baked potatoes. I don't remember what the meat was, but it was pretty there, good. There was some. There was barbecue chicken, and there was a taco. Yeah, beef the taco. taco meat was yeah. pretty good. It was That's pretty. What I it was pretty mind. good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think we pretty much called it a night. But I know for me, and I know I expressed it the next night that I was not really feeling it the first mm-hmm. day and a half. You know, Thursday yeah. into probably halfway or further into Saturday, probably honestly, if I think about it, it's probably up until we did the fire and mm-hmm. we all, you know, kind of yeah. got together. I just, I would, I would agree <clears throat> with that too, that that's kind of, well, maybe midday Saturday. And, and I think what happens is for those of us who have done it before mm-hmm. is that somewhere along, and I, I think I labeled out, there's 10 actual sessions the, of teaching. Okay. And so I think what happens is that, we really get hung up in one of the points. And then after that, we see nothing else because we're still caught in that that one moment. And so wherever we're caught, when we go back, like everything else is just like, eh, I've heard this before. And then where we get caught is then where we really plug in and and then learn from there. So how many, how many guys did you bring to the last one? The last one, uh, I brought two. Two. Yeah. And then this time I brought four because there were four counting me. We had five. Okay. Was it, was it distracting for you having that many guys that you and brought? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, what I do think happened, uh, which, which brought a lot of joy and pleasure to me was that these guys felt like they could come say, Hey, this is where I'm struggling or, you know, what does exactly does this mean? And I could have kind of a pastor servant role yeah. in trying to help them through some of those things. Uh, as a matter of fact, one covenant time of silence, we got in trouble for, yeah. for talking, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was like, okay, whatever. So, uh, but it gives us those, those opportunities to really make a deeper connection with the guys that we're yeah, with. It does. And that, that's something, uh, I'm bring that up here in a little bit, but, I know last year I basically kidnapped my dad and brother. Well, my brother kind of knew, but my dad, I think I blindly drug him down there, but uh, don't recommend that at all. Yeah. Um, it's, unless it's not your dad. And if it's right? somebody you don't, <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, somebody you don't care about. I feel like because of the fire this year, I might've uh, set some kidnappings in motion mm-hmm. for the next one. Yeah. Uh, no, but um I know last year between being on my phone for the first day and a half or however long, plus having my dad and brother there, I was more focused on their experience Mm -hmm. than I was my own. And that was distracting. So that's why I wanted to ask because, but I guess it's a little bit different being that you were in the same sessions as them compared to when last year I was not. Yeah. If I hadn't have been in the same sessions, I think I'd have been a bit more distracted about their being there and their comprehension. Yeah. Um, because there wouldn't have been any opportunity for me to speak to them outside of breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So we, uh, it, it definitely, and then 
of course we're sitting together so you can see if they're getting it or not you know yeah. you can see if they're nodding off or or whatever yeah. um but it, it really begins to put them into a vulnerable space of hey this is what this is what i've got going on yeah it i think it re-exposed uh a wound that i have uh, mm -hmm. of abandonment mm -hmm. um you know, last year after Texas, um, had some brother wounds, you know, had mm -hmm. some friend friendships that, uh, died out for different reasons. And, um, that happened again here recently. So going into the weekend and I expressed that, I was like, I don't like, you know, there's a hundred plus dudes here. Mm -hmm. I know a few of them, but I still just want to keep them at bay because right. if I keep them away. <clears throat> I'm not going to get abandoned. Yeah. Um, which is a horrible plan. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you, we will listen, uh, mention for your listeners, you sat in the back corner as far away from everybody as you possibly could. And I lied at one point and said, it's because I have PTSD and it's a tactical advantage. <laughs> so somebody asked me, like, why are you sitting way back here? I'm like, oh, you know, PTSD, which yeah. was only about 5% true. Well, you know, <laughs> the moment. a half truth is a whole lie. Yeah, right. Um, I did, but then uh, after that fire, I, the next session, mm -hmm. I was sitting up with you guys and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's it's an experience. It yeah. definitely is. And, you know, these guys are coming from all walks of life. Yeah. You know, it's not just a bunch of, you know, military people or former law enforcement oh, or, yeah. or first responders. These are these are people from all walks of life. People that we, as bad as we'd had to say it, we look at them and go, huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. those kind of, uh, and, and people that we really wouldn't even think that we would associate with. Not and even, <laughs> even like the leadership team mentioned a couple of times of if I had to pick out who my brothers were, I wouldn't have picked these guys, right? you know, but the Lord put us together in this. And so I, I do think a lot of times though, that when we look for brothers, we kind of have this idea of what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. And, uh, I think that can, you know, the Bible says the heart is deceiving and and that, that we have to be careful what we're looking for as opposed to what god's will may be yeah and, and that's absolutely right i'm you know uh ryan and and rob and some of the other guys that, that we both know mm -hmm. they're like i i wouldn't associate with any of these people because mm -hmm. i we walk different paths outside sure. of these expeditions and there's mm -hmm. there would be no reason for us to cross paths right so that i mean that's that's kind of cool in itself um and I think with my background and your background, we've seen a lot of these mm -hmm. um, issues among men. Mm -hmm. But for some of these guys, it's a very vulnerable thing. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, for you to hear the stories and I'm like, oh, like I've been through mm -hmm. some stuff like that. Yeah, somebody polar opposite of you mm -hmm. has gone through some of the same things. Yeah. That, that is that can be extremely liberating. Mm -hmm. Well, and and two though. Uh, it's liberating for that person that can stand the fire and speak those things out yeah. and know that there are people listening, mm -hmm. you know, that there are people genuinely engaged in what they're having to say. Uh, but then, you know, you have these, this, there was this guy at our fire who stood up and admitted that he had a problem with, uh, going after women and with sex and, and I said, yeah. but, but well, you looking do not, you yeah, do have I a do. better idea yeah, now. I do now. I know that moment. it's true. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely the truth. Yeah. Uh, and, and even in going through, it again, I see that those wounds were actually the wounds that hurt the worst was the ones that I've pressed, not the ones that I assumed 
while they were wounds still, they're not the wounds that I assume that were the deep embedded uh, soul ties that, that I had to get rid of. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's important here for us to explain what soul ties and wounds are. Sure. Yep. Probably. <laughs> so, so uh, a wound, let's say, uh, you know, you were, you were abused by your parents. That's a wound that you take into your heart or that you were told you, you were never good enough. You know, anything that would infer a negative uh, as an individual uh, is your wound. And so then you have soul ties. <clears throat> Maybe it was your mother who said, hey, you'll never amount to anything. Uh, and you took on that, uh, that thought or that agreement that you're right. I'm not ever going to be anything. And then, so at some point you made a vow that I'm not ever going to be anything. And then that soul tie there is to your mother that you have to break that, you know what, I'm a son of God. And because I'm a son of God, I can be anything that I want to be because yeah. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. And so you denounce the soul ties, you, you heal the wound, uh, let the Lord heal the wound, uh, and then step out into to freedom. Uh, and it sounds so simple. Really, <laughs> yeah, it does. It right. just sounds so simple. Uh, and you're at the fire and you're, man, I'm breaking through and I'm going to break these soul ties. <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but I get back to the, to the cabin. I'm like, what did I just do? Like, yeah. I need to go get those because they make us feel comfortable. Yeah. I mean, we've lived with them so long that they make us feel comfortable. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of times, um, I know, I know for me, like it was it was kind of obvious some of the wounds I had, but until I went through mm -hmm. and sat with God and really like broke it down, I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's the key <clears throat> is that you do sit down in this covenant of silence period and you ask God what your wounds are, not what you assume they are, but you ask him. And <clears throat> there was in mine, I had completely forgotten about this particular wound or that particular yeah. wound that the Lord brought to remembrance. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a really unique, unique thing that happens. It is. And some of it sounds hocus pocus. And I'm sure at this point, some of y'all are like, what Kool-Aid did they drink? <laughs> well, I've wondered that. <laughs> <laughs> what are they, what were they drugged with? And, uh, you know, outside, you know, outside listening. And at this point, um, I could see why you would think that, um, but I mean, you think you, any walk of life you can think of, there's been guys that have gone to this. Like, I, you know, some of the guys that we, we know pretty closely are some of the most dangerous individuals that walk mm -hmm. this earth. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of like them, accountants, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, and some of them are, are, aren't dangerous at all. No. <laughs> you know? The uh, complete opposite yeah, spectrum. You could, you could look at them and they would cry kind, yeah. of, kind of people. So it's not um, – yeah, it's definitely definitely not an occult, um, but it it it's a therapy through through Christ um, and just really breaking down those mm -hmm. boundaries. And you know, it's not easy as a man mm -hmm. to talk about your feelings. Yeah, it's not easy to talk about the wounds you may not even realize you have. Right. So it's not going to be easy to you can't <clears throat> heal those wounds if you don't know. Right. I really what those wounds are. Well, as cliche as it is, it's a safe place amongst brothers mm -hmm. that you build trust with through vulnerability yep. and exhaustion that, that, I mean, it's, it's really the same thing, which I was never in the military, but, uh, being a police officer going through basic training is a paramilitary organization. Sure. So 
<clears throat> some of the elements are there. I mean, you're thrown into this, this training that you know none of these people, but on day one, you have to trust your life with that person, yep. you know? And so uh, that's kind of, in a, in a sense, that's kind of how Man Alive Expedition works is you're thrown in this group with a bunch of guys that you don't know, but all of a sudden you have to say to yourself, okay, Lord, we give you the space. Everything that happens here to, this week is yours. Uh, but then it's made very clear that what happens there stays there. You know, that, that this isn't your story to tell about somebody else, that this is your story. Yeah. Uh, so there, there comes that. And even, you know, there were a couple of my guys that, that talked during the fire and then come to me and they were like, are you absolutely sure? Like everything here is safe. And I was like, I'm positive, yeah. you know, positive. Yeah. And, but you need those people. You need those people that you can tell things to that, you know, they'll take it to the grave. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like <clears throat> if, uh, if you called me, Paul, if you called me and you said, Hey, I'm about to go do this. Uh, and I said, Paul, that's really, really dumb. You probably shouldn't do that. Wait till I get there. Yeah. Because if you're going to jail, we're going to jail together. Right. You know, it's that kind of brotherhood, mm -hmm. uh, that we've got each other's backs. I'm going to try to talk you out of it, but I'm going to go with you. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those kind of things, you know? Yeah. At dawn we ride. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and again, it's just, it's just so crazy. Um, the connections. Like I said, I was, I had my shield, you know, my, my, uh, my walls up for quite a bit of it. Um, not quite halfway mm -hmm. as, uh, <laughs> as we were constantly reminded, but. Um, so at what point do you think your wall really came down? What, I think at was, what part of the journey this one i, th I think it was the fire mm. because you know I, I i was excited to go but then you know i said like, man i miss my wife i probably shouldn't have watched the video of the mm -hmm. the retreat we're going on tomorrow mm -hmm. you know i think right before i shut off, shut off my phone um and like i said i think that those wounds were reopened so freshly that i didn't want to uh, be vulnerable with these guys. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was getting into. Um, but I think being at that fire with you, mm -hmm. with, uh, Shaw, um, so I knew those, I knew you two, I've done, uh, uh, marriage, um, Bible studies with Shaw, you know, he's got a similar background, military guy, mm -hmm. you know, we've known each other for a few years now, um, had that comfortability. And then also at the same time, um, seeing some of the guys you brought um i think most of them are younger mm -hmm. than me mm -hmm. um i felt like that that big brotherly duty mm -hmm. if you will to step up and be like all right show them away but i didn't even get a chance to uh, that <laughs> night because uh they beat you to it yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> but i am proud of you because it, it takes a lot to be able to stand and say okay here's my story mm -hmm this is what I'm doing. And here I'm doing this in front of everybody. Uh, cause that takes a lot, it takes a lot to be able to do that. Um, and you know, the other thing that they emphasize really too, is that your story isn't less important than somebody else's because theirs feels very traumatic. Yeah. You know, um, the, the one guy that, that stood up there, you telling a story. Yeah. It was him spilling his heart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't relate that 
to be insignificant because that's his heart. That's his perspective. That's his wound mm -hmm. that he's, he's dealing with and going through. And the, now that you mention that, like <clears throat> 10 years ago, <laughs> who I was then, I'd be like, what's what this guy crying about? Like, mm -hmm. all right, his dog died. Like, yeah, it sucks. But, mm -hmm. you know, like just the person I was then, but yeah. you know, the, the Christ following compassionate guy mm -hmm. I am now, um, you know, just because I've been to war, just because mm -hmm. you've, you've had your traumatic, I know mm -hmm. you've had your traumatic things just because you've had those and I've had mine doesn't mean mm -hmm. that there's lesser because that could be the most traumatic mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And it sucks losing a pet. Yeah. You know, it does. It sucks losing a girlfriend or somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like you said, it, it, none of the, no, nobody's story is less than others. Right. And um, I think one thing with them though, is it can be intimidating. Like if somebody comes out with like that, that one, two knockout story, like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. My wife left me and I'm living on the streets, but that dude's story is still way worse than mine. Mm -hmm. I think that can be. Um, That's why you always want to go first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to the second fire too, but uh, <laughs> I got jump jump me to it. Um, but yeah, that it's, but, um, it was awesome seeing him jump up because I didn't really know his story. Mm -hmm. I didn't know his story at all. Well, I'll tell you if my story was about my dog dying, I would not have gotten up in a bunch of front of a bunch of men to tell that story. Yeah. Nope. I mean, even if that was the worst thing that ever happened to me and that had some kind of wound in my heart, Brian wouldn't have stood up and told that, <laughs> No, nope. you know? No. So, I mean, there was more to it. Yeah. Not to, not to downplay it too much, but <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, that was just, that was the high point though. That it seemed to be the crescendo. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but again, in this guy's defense, he was very young Yeah, and you know, uh, we have, you and I both have animals and we know how much they are like children to us. Mm -hmm. And, and it is devastating when we lose one, especially in a traumatic experience as such. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I think, I feel like there was a lot more younger guys. Oh yeah, this time around, definitely. Now that we're you know mentioning mm -hmm. that, um, but at our age, everybody's younger. Well, that's true. <laughs> but like that, like quite a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a lot between eighteen and twenty five. I would say. Yeah, I think I had even heard <laughs> that one guy one definitely a kid mm -hmm. wasn't even 18. Yeah. The, the guy that got saved and baptized there, he was 17. That's right. Yeah. 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 But, but you know, I'm going, man, I wish I knew about this when I was oh, 18 or 17. Gosh. That's what I uh, was alluding to when our, we were talking earlier this morning. I was like, uh, the guy you brought, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm so proud of him mm -hmm. because he's 23. I think so. I think that's 23. Right. He's been through some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But who I, I'm, I'm 34. I almost said 33. <laughs> I think I'm 34. If, but even 10 years ago at 24, if mm -hmm. I was where he was, mm -hmm. where I would be today, like it, I am so proud of him. Mm -hmm. If he ever listens to this, I think he's been ghosting me all day, but, <laughs> but if he ever listens to this, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, keep, keep, uh, keep looking up and keep driving forward because yeah. it's what, that strength to do and say what you said. And, um, you know, it's awesome. Well, well put it into this perspective, how would life be different for you? Marriage wise, family wise, relationally wise, 
just as an individual, had you had Man Alive when you were 17 years old? Oh, I wouldn't have made a lot of the mistakes I had. Yeah. Um, you know, I, man, yeah, at 17, I hadn't, I hadn't even joined the military yet. Um, I was still doing stupid things. So I, it would have been absolutely life altering. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There, there's this song, uh, it's a Christian song and it says, heal the wound, but leave the scar. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of times we want everything to be gone and be perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the scar reminds us of the father and how much he loves us that he healed the wound. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> we talk about healing these wounds, but the scar is always going to be there. I mean, that's just part of it, but we look at the scar differently because we know we were healed. You know, we, we look at that, but we also use the scars to uh, show other people the grace and the mercy of God. Um, <clears throat> what is that? There was a saying said, people would rather see your scars than your trophies. Mm. You know, that they would rather see what you came through than what you accomplished. Right. right. You know, uh, that, that they would have more respect knowing how you failed yeah. than seeing where you're at. And I think that's so true. And I think that's one thing that Man Alive really puts in perspective is that we've all failed. You know, uh, scripture says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, the thing about it is, and, and you may have, have the same response is, you know, we go in there and we're not really supposed to tell people what we do for a living, like mm. kind of like, it's the unwritten rule. You earn the respect that weekend. Right. But then when you get home and you start, you know, looking for people on Facebook and they find you and you find their occupation, you're like, really? I would have <laughs> never thought that about that person. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just kind of crazy. And I'm just finding that out now because like, I just, uh, just got on back on social yeah. media. Welcome to the real world. Yeah, welcome again. back uh, yeah. last couple months. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an experience. Like, uh, that, uh, that fire though is what, you know, now are you talking about the first fire the or first the, fire. the big fire? The first fire okay. is what, got you turn the weekend around for me yeah again seeing some of your guys that you brought mm -hmm. uh, very proud of them because <clears throat> even in that i mean there was probably what i think 10, there were 12 of us out there that something like that less than 15 for yeah, sure there's about 15 of us out yeah. there and uh being at that fire um you know it, it does take a lot for you mm -hmm. to, to step up in front of guys you don't know yeah and be vulnerable like that mm -hmm. and i think that gave me the courage to bring down that yeah. wall but you know, what's even more vulnerable is being around that fire with guys you do know that don't true. know your story. Yeah. That, that, uh, you know, there was one of the guys I brought, he, he brought out that he had hired a couple of prostitutes at one time mm -hmm. for him to have the balls to say that, you know, with, with us being around yeah. that he knows, you know, that's a, that's a big step. That's a big action of vulnerability playing out there. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he didn't speak of the big fire. And then he was like, I, I should have like all of those should have, could have, would have. Uh, and so on our way back, uh, I took some of the guys to DFW to fly out. And uh, I was very proud of the young man you spoke of earlier. Uh, he said, well, if you were at the fire and you spoke, what would you say? Mm. And wow, so good for he, I was like, yes, yeah, yes, that's, that's good. let's go. This is good. And he did, he spilled for like 30 minutes, spilled his guts of everything he would have said at the fire, complete silence in the truck. That's good. And, uh, I was like, yes, because it really, honestly, it doesn't matter 
if you're in front of 15 guys or in front of 100 guys or if you're in three guys that you trust just being able to speak it gives you liberty yeah and that's not an easy thing for a man to do Mm -mm. in any situation no not at all and um that can ruin so many relationships yeah um i i know my wife sees a difference in me when Mm -hmm. i come back i'm sure yours does on every guy I know that goes to these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard stories of like people like reaching out to the male live guys, like, what did you do to my husband? Like, mm-hmm. where, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. again, well, not a call. We didn't drink any Kool-Aid, yeah. <laughs> but it's well, one of those life altering things. Well, uh, one of the guys I took last year, his pastor called me and was like, what did you do to him? Yeah. Like what is going down on down there in Arkansas? Yeah. I was like, you have to just come see for yourself. Yeah. And that, and ultimately that's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I know, when I first asked uh, Brian about it before my, or the first one we went to, mm-hmm. he's like, man, I can't really explain it. Da, da. And, and for some guys, they'd be like, all right, I'm out. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to tell me about it. But there's, it's hard to tell. It, it is. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to explain. Everybody's experience is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go in with an open heart and open mind. And turn your phone off. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and turn your phone off. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that, that night, after that fire, you know, I felt, like I said, I just, again, seeing those guys open up mm-hmm. that helped me break down that boundary that I've had. Um, and the rest of the weekend was great. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you were sitting out outside the cabin, we were in a covenant time of silence and there was this guy and he was sitting in his big Dodge Dooley oh, and yeah. he sat there the whole time. So uh, I'm sitting I, mean, there I, on, I wanted to know what yeah. he does for a living because yeah. he had it running the whole weekend. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if he can afford the gas for right. that. <laughs> like, how, how does that work? What am I doing uh, wrong? must have been a company truck. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, but I'm sitting there on the porch and there's three or four guys around. And and there's a guy that was with him or knew him. And I was like, hey, is this dude in the truck? He's like, yeah. And so I get up. I just go open the passenger side door and I get in the truck and I just start talking to him. And uh, later, uh, one of the guys, one of the leaders was around and said, you didn't hear the conversation that happened after you got in the truck. And I was like, I don't really care <laughs> the conversation. And he said, one of the guys said, that's what I love about Brian. He'll just get up and go. Just just reach out. And somebody else said he wouldn't have two years ago. Mm. And that is so true. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Yeah. And, and Man Alive was the was the catalyst to bring forth that healing, to be able to minister to other men mm-hmm. in a way that, that I normally wouldn't have at all. So, uh, yeah, and I didn't even think anything about it until that person in leadership said what they said to me. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have. Yeah. And and I can't, I'm not going to pat myself on the back and say that what I told this guy was life-changing. Um, but the guy that he came with came to me and he was like, he was like on cloud 10 that you gave him your cell phone number. I was like, isn't that what this is all about? You right. know, that, that we carry these relationships out. And uh, he texted me today and was like, it's to me, I got that, that feeling that he thought he was talking to somebody famous. And I'm like, I'm a nobody, dude. <laughs> you know, like, get, get over it. I, I'm, I'm a nobody. So, uh, but you do make those lifelong connections mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I want to, uh, continue the relationship from the, the guys you brought. Mm-hmm. Um, even though one of them is ghosting me right now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, 
I'll make sure he listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's something something you just got to do. And completely, all have completely different worlds than what what I do, and mm-hmm. uh, that's something I just need to you know expound upon because mm-hmm. if I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I could be missing out a lot. Yeah. I know just in a little bit of time I've known them, not even a week now, I've mm-hmm. said some things and I think they've really been receptive yeah. to what I said because I'm not I'm not that much older than them, mm-hmm. a couple of years to a decade mm-hmm. at most. Um, but, you know, that them being receptive like that is, mm-hmm. is really big. Yeah. Well, see, I'm 40, so I'm quite a bit older than all of y'all. So <laughs> yeah. hear my wisdom. 40, yeah. yeah. You got six years on me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot until you say you're you're 34 and I'm 40. Then it sounds like a whole lot. Well, I'll, I'll let you know in <laughs> when you get there. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, the one of the one of the cool things about this too is it's not just sitting in sessions and campfires and eating. Like they they have events or uh, um, activities. Mm-hmm. They, there was guys that went disc golfing. Uh, mm-hmm. They have this wakeboard zip line deal that's hard to explain what that is though. <clears throat> yeah i i was told there was going to be an inner tube so i was going to go do the <laughs> inner tube because there was last year was there? they did it yeah they just hooked it to that little zip line thing that pulled you like 30 miles an hour across the lake yeah see i would have been about that but yeah. I was you didn't want to do the wakeboard no i was nervous well, you have nothing to prove nothing to fear nothing to hide well just i had get neck surgery and, and, and that's yeah. you know i'm just that's being a sissy, but yeah. <laughs> sounds like an agreement. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> but some of those guys were out there just ripping it up, and mm. some of them went from not, you know, getting up and falling on their face five mm. feet later to getting it. And you know, it's really cool to see just you know, being guys being relentless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in front of yeah. other guys that they don't know. Yeah, just another thing, part of that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of breaking out uh, of your shell. Yeah, and uh, and some people do that naturally, and other times it it takes people a long time to really be able to get to that point of vulnerability of where they can say, Hey, look, this is who I am. And I really don't care what anybody else has to say about me or their opinions of me that, that they just go out and do these things. You know, uh, they also do skeet shooting, uh, which related to my story. I don't, I don't like get around people with guns. Like that's, that's not something that, that I really am able to do, but, uh, last year and this year, I, I went out there while they were shooting and I almost shot, but I was like, eh, you know, it just, it, 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 it landed somewhere between, I don't know how good of a shot I am and I don't want to make a fool of myself. And I'm because you shoot in sequence, right? So yeah. they pull it. If the first one misses, then it goes second and third. So you're shooting consecutively. And so it's not like you're the only one shooting. And that's where I've always had the issue of of somebody else shooting right next to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give this another year. <laughs> let well, this, let this play out. But I am proud of you for going out there yeah. and, and just being around it. You mm-hmm. know, you got to expose yourself. Yeah. Um, maybe next Smell year, the gunpowder. Maybe next year I'll get up on the, the uh, wakeboard. I don't yeah. know. Freaks me well, out if you get on the wakeboard, I'll shoot. Oh, now I got to get wakeboard. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, I think there was guys disc golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's such a beautiful, I don't, you said it, you think it's like 500 acres or something. I, I would say so. Did you go around to where the pool was? 
I never no, I haven't made it. So that the far. pool was beautiful. Like it, like there's a rock climbing wall oh, wow. and there's like fountains and lounge chairs and stuff. And uh we were we uh almost, you know, sinned and went on a real adventure of trying to climb the fence and and getting over, but we were kind of afraid we would get in and not be able to get back out. Oh. So <laughs> so we didn't we didn't do that. But. Yeah. I I made the mistake of trying to think I remember last year I was like, Oh, if I go this way, I think it'd be a quicker route to mm -hmm. get back to the to the cabin or the yeah. Uh, chow or whatever it was, and mm -hmm. I ended up way over by the rifle range, mm -hmm. uh, coming up that back way, like the road, this one, and then there's mm -hmm. the road that goes down to the lake. Right. I think I kind of came up that way somehow. Yeah, and they've got horses out there yeah. that are just you know beautiful horses, and then the Houston County Lake is there. So yeah, it's a big lake. Yeah, it it really is. Yeah, um, yeah I spent a lot of my covenant silence down at the lake. Um, yeah. I try to get in the woods. Yeah, is that's I've got to be completely surrounded by something in order for me to not look around and say, hey, is that somebody there or somebody walking up or or whatever is going on? But it's a unique experience to just, you know, the Bible says that we find God in his creation. And so it's it's crazy that we even have the idea that we can't find God when it simply says that we'll find him in creation. So it's not this big, this big thing. That's a big secret. Mm. You know, we, we just go out there and we, but we go intentionally to hear from him. And I think a lot of times that's where we fall short is that we're just like, okay, God talk to me, mm -hmm. but we haven't presented our heart in a posture to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've just, I was drawn to the water, uh, at the first one we went to, and then uh, I was like, oh, let me go see if I can find the lake. And mm. there's a little bit of sketchy. That, that little hill is a little sketchy. <laughs> it is. Getting down to yeah. it. But especially on the last night when we did the fire, I'm like, mm -hmm. somebody might die. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's dark and this hill's a little bit intense. Bring your flashlight. Yeah. Or, and, and try not to bring a camp chair that weighs 50 pounds. So. <laughs> yeah, that was me. But everybody was like, wow, you, you got the most comfortable chair yeah, here. That is true. Um, but lugging it up that hill wasn't ideal yeah um yeah but then uh you know it they use a lot of video clips mm. to relate to a lot of the topics and i've actually watched two and a half no three i've watched three mm -hmm. of the the movies from there because some of them i've never seen before mm -hmm. yeah some of them i had no idea what they were right or they're or they're movies i've known about just never watched but isn't it crazy how when you watch these movie clips, you can look back at just about every movie you've ever watched that has the same plot. Yeah. Like really has the yeah. same plot. Uh, it's like, you know, we look at Hallmark movies and say, Hey, it's the same movie, different place. Yeah. Uh, but when you begin to look at these movies in, in what they're trying to show you, they really do present the gospel in a lot of ways. Uh, if you, if you're looking for it. Yeah. And, knowing those clips and watching them now and then some of the movies like oh yeah now that that makes mm -hmm. sense and uh, mm -hmm. non-believers wouldn't believe it but a lot of a yeah. lot of movies yeah are what's the name of the movie where they're where they are extracting extracting the woman with the cell phone oh one uh, of the, the matrix no 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 this is where all the guys 
are all the army guys are going in to extract this woman who's tied to the bed. Oh, um, act of valor, act of valor. Yeah. So, so I would see like, I would look at that and go, I would never have guys that would come and extract me like that. Yeah. Um, that's good. But it's so true that there are guys, if you would allow them in and have that trust. And that's what man alive gives you is that brotherhood that's built on trust and a very vulnerable weekend that now you can pick up the phone. I know if I call you, you're going to come running. You know, there are other guys in, in our, in our, uh, our band of brothers that I could call and I know that they'll come running. Uh, and that makes a world of difference. Yes. But in that movie, what's what, and my brain works a little differently, not being military like you are. Uh, oh, I was picking but, up on all the, the, no, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. 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 So, but as they're coming out, you know, the enemy begins to attack in different ways. And yeah. so it takes different kinds of response yeah. to be able to do it. And they end up crashing, I'll air quote crashing. They intentionally crashed into the water mm -hmm. so that the, the, the boats could come and just wipe them out. And there was something about, I don't know what kind of gun it is that was on that boat, but the sound of it, the, yeah, the you know, the make, gun. yeah, I was like, that's what I need. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what we have to have. Um, and there was no doubt in those soldiers minds that when they crashed in the water, that the boat was going to be there, you know, and so many times we get in these situations where we have friends that we don't know if we can trust them or not. Yeah. We don't know if they're going to show up, even when they say they're going to show up right. and, uh, to have a brotherhood of where, you know, all you got to do is put up the bat signal and they come running makes your life different. Yeah, that that scene is very powerful. I watched the the, the whole movie um, to give it more clarity. It's about Navy SEALs. They went down to uh, extract this woman. She I think she was DEA or something that got captured, and they were about to get messed up. Mm -hmm. They were about to get messed up, and um, they called in <clears throat> their their big guns. Uh, and at the last second, they all showed up and mm. saved their butts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you had a pretty, uh, pretty good experience mm. in tragedy. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, if you want yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. So on March 31st of this year, a tornado, uh, came through the Little Rock metro area. I think even come as far here yeah, to was, Cabot. I think it went 40. I want to say yeah. some, somewhere I heard 42 miles. Yeah. It, that sounds about right. Was, um, and devastated our church. I mean, just <clears throat> literal shambles. And uh, that the Saturday morning after the tornado on Friday, like all the guys just showed up, you know, and I didn't call anybody. I didn't ask for help. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally wanted to go home and go to bed and wake up and it'd be like, okay, this was just a terrible dream. Uh, but it didn't. And uh, so Rob called me and he was like, what time do we need to be there? And I'm like, for what? You know, what are we going to do, Rob? You know, <laughs> there's nothing we can do. And uh, so I, I finally gave him a time and, man, everybody showed up and it didn't take no time. Of course, you showed up when all the work was over. But oh, yeah, of course. yeah, that's uh, that's kind of your M.O., I think. <laughs> uh, but uh, they made quick work of everything. Yeah. And I was just I, I couldn't do much because I was just overwhelmed with people actually showed up and they didn't show up because it was for church. They didn't show up because it was a tornado. They showed up because I needed help. Yeah. There you was know? hundreds of cars that drove by and they yeah. stopped. It Absolutely. Wasn't, it wasn't just some random people that showed right. up. Right. Everybody there I knew I had some connection to sure. in some way. Yeah. yeah. 
How many, how yeah. many did you say you thought was there? I would say at least 80, probably closer to a hundred. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we, it's, it, it's cool that we, uh, I don't think you, did you know Shaw at that point? No, I didn't No, And, but it was his friend Heath yeah. that showed up that did, uh, I guess he's trained in disaster response. Yeah. He and, had some uh, cool equipment. <laughs> he, he had the equipment for the job. That's for sure. And, uh, knew what he was doing yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I showed up a little late. I mean, uh, I was tracking down a, a chainsaw and mm -hmm. stuff trying to get by the time I got there. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what that, that whole man alive thing is mm -hmm. all about is yeah. finding those guys yeah. that, you know, when you crash into the water and you yeah. got dudes gunning yeah. down on you. But see, them. that's the thing is that I crashed in the water, but I didn't ask for help. You know, I, I didn't make a call. It was, I crashed in the water and everybody showed up, yeah. you know? So the connection is just beyond being able to call for help. The connection is also when your brothers know you need help yeah. and they reach out, they come, they don't wait for you to ask, yeah. you know, they come. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it too, is, is, um, that was a, a special circumstance, obviously, mm -hmm. but we also know, and we've seen it within mm -hmm. our group, mm -hmm. you know, we've got a group um, of guys that have gone uh, to previous ones and we're, we're all connected one way. And there's times where like, Hey, I need somebody here. And I, I you and I are mm -hmm. pretty far away for some mm -hmm. of them, but yeah. within minutes, there's like mm -hmm. six guys are, are on yeah. route, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's, mm -hmm. um, you know, I know I've got <clears throat> guys in my past that I think would have been that ride or die and mm -hmm. at the time were, but now mm -hmm. probably wouldn't even answer a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Respond to a text, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the thing about it too, is that not everybody is made to be your brother. Yeah. You know, uh, you may have a brother for a season and then that, season moves on or there may be a brother wound there where you know they they do something one thing that i caught and i don't know if you caught this or not but it was the first time in four times ago and this is my third time through basic uh that i caught this and it was never question the intent of your brother's heart did you catch that well, they were talking about so. brother wounds they said yeah, never question so. the intent of your brother's heart because anything that your brother does to you that hurts you is not your brother. It's the enemy. Yeah. And so we should never, you know, well, Paul cussed me out. Well, he cussed me out because he loved me, yeah. you know, not because I made him mad or because of the circumstances. I don't in question that you love me ever. Like that's completely off the table. Uh, and that's hard for some men to grasp, you know, that because they have those wounds of where, you know, God knows this happened to them from their brothers or their dad or, or uncles or other people where they are constantly questioning the intent yeah. uh, of the heart. Um, but that's not, that's not how any of that works. Yeah. And that, um, that's distracting. Sorry. <laughs> There's somebody driving by with a base, uh, something I would have been cool with years ago. Now it's shaking my house. Um, That's making your ears ring a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm sure our listeners can hear that. Yeah, now they can. <laughs> they couldn't now. But, uh, 
Oh, is yeah. that your is that your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's home. That's my car. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can tell by now we're not in a, a, a podcast studio. We're just yeah. in my living room, and I'm sure you've heard my dogs. And uh, well, we're just real folks in real yeah, places. I, I'm, I'm a nobody, just trying to reach somebody. Yeah, uh, make them better. Um, I lost my train of thought. It's all right. Uh, we were talking about not questioning the the intent of our brother's heart. Oh, yes. So uh, one of the marriage groups we did recently too, it um, talks about that too, is regardless of what they say, their your spouse is a, is a good intention mm-hmm. intended woman. Right. Right. Unless it's deliberately like malicious that they're trying to hurt you. Right. Like uh, they might say something or do something that may seem disrespectful, right. but they're still a loving uh, child of God and with good intentions. Sure. That's something um, and across it's the see, board can be, yeah. you know. It's hard to see that though when they hurt you. Yeah. I mean, when they've really pushed the right button mm-hmm. or they've twisted the knife just a little too much. Yeah. It, it's hard to see that. Um, but, you know, not always are we the ones that are the ones being hurt. Sometimes we're dishing it out and we don't even realize they were dishing it out. Yeah. Um, and so even, even carrying that on into a marriage, you don't question, you don't question the intent of your wife or your husband's heart either. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Bible says a man who's found a wife has found a good thing. Yeah. You know, um, I don't necessarily, uh, maybe that, maybe that, uh, uh, translation should say he that has found a true wife and not just some woman that he's made his wife. You know, has found a good thing because there are those that have been in those positions too. Um, but we, if we know that we're supposed to be together, we know that we're married, we know that we're in the center of God's will, then we have to trust their heart um, and and never doubt their intention. Yeah, and that and that's something knowing uh, just. The first, the first man alive, I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my wife were constantly working on a relationship, mm-hmm. not because it's in trouble or anything, but mm-hmm. because we don't, you know, we're, we're kind of treating it like a car. Mm-hmm. You do that preventative maintenance, you change the oil, you, mm-hmm. you know, put new wheels on it. Later on down the road. You won't be trading in for a new model. Right. Or you, the engine's not going to blow up because right. you didn't put new oil in it. And right. then it's a lot bigger of a problem. It's going to take a lot more work. Right. And so I like those, my analogy of trading in for a newer model yeah, better. Uh, well, <laughs> I can't do that, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can. It's just not the best thing to yeah, do. Well, you know, you're you're right. You can, but but that said, there's a lot of relationships and some of these, you know, these fires and stuff we've been around. It's like, man, if they had these brothers or had mm. these these experiences have gone to these expeditions, mm-hmm. you know, had the more biblical knowledge, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have done the things that they did to put them yeah. in the situations to get divorced, mm-hmm. um, being in affairs, mm-hmm. all these things. Cause man, like it wrecks my soul now being married, hearing those stories, mm-hmm. uh, some of those stories. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, I, I don't, I couldn't do that mm-hmm. to my wife. Yeah. Well, what about the guy that shared at the fire that he had had two affairs on his wife and, um, 
he he admitted that at a fire previous and all those brothers was like, well, you have to tell her. Yeah. And so he waited for what he felt was the right time for the Lord to tell her and she forgave him. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a godly woman. That It's a godly woman, but, but it's, uh, uh, him having to step out in faith and say, okay, I'm going to be obedient mm -hmm. as opposed to last October when we were in Texas, there was a guy there who said that he had had an affair on his wife. He confided in his pastor and his pastor went and told his wife wow. and they got divorced. And I was like, man, and as a pastor, you know, I want to go kick this guy's tail because yeah. that wasn't his story to tell, yeah. you know? Um, so it really does put you in that position of who can I trust, yeah. you know? And I think that the unique thing about Man Alive Expedition is that you learn while you're there, who you can pour your heart into. Yeah. I mean, you really do. Um, and it may be that you don't tell everybody everything, but you know the people that you can. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's so, it's, I mean, say it a thousand times, it's so big. Um, and that's why I'm so grateful. Like, like I said, I feel like there was a lot, a lot more younger guys there this mm. year. Yeah. And that's, I'm envious of mm. where they're at in their, mm. their life. I just hope they got it. Cause I know at, at that, that age for me, I probably would have been the guy that this is, this is stupid, Yeah, you know, especially when you get to the, the, the rescuing the beauty, yeah. like I'm not married. I don't need to know any of this, Yeah, but you do Absolutely. to prepare yourself for marriage, you know, and, um, to, to be able to step in that understanding of how all of that, that could work out and how that's a bigger part of the story. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the beauty part is, like you said, you know, it, it can really set you up to be in a good relationship, whether you're married or not. Mm -hmm. And I, I think some of the guys uh, that you brought got something out of it. Yeah. And even having, it was their second time around for some mm -hmm. of them. And that's the thing, like, there's guys that is their first time. So there's guys that have been doing this for 15 plus years. Right. Right. The one guy. Yeah, Jim, he's like going on 18 years. Yeah, like a long time. Like yeah. some of these, some of the guys that were there weren't mm -hmm. even around. <laughs> right. <laughs> when yeah. they went to the, when these guys went right. to their first one. But I believe that no matter if it's your first time or your 100th time, that you're going to get something different. Absolutely. Out of it. It's just like yeah. the Bible, right? It's the mm -hmm. living word. You're right. going to receive something differently depending yeah. on the season you're in. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love that there's these younger guys. And that makes me feel old saying it like that, but like, you know, yeah. that there's these younger guys that are setting themselves up mm -hmm. for success. Yeah. And I, I was kind of drawn to make connection with some of the younger guys, you yeah. know, to, to say, Hey, uh, which the young man that I got in the vehicle with, the only thing I said to him was, do you know how incredibly loved you are by the father? Mm -hmm. And he just melted. I mean, just, uh, grew up without a dad, doesn't have any male role models in his life. I didn't know any of that. Right. you know, but that's what I felt led to tell him. And I mean, it just like made the whole world turn upside down for him mm -hmm. that, Hey, you know what? There actually are men that I can trust that do love me. Yeah. And and it's that simple of a concept that could change somebody's life forever. Yeah. Um, the one guy that you brought, uh, after he spoke mm -hmm. at the fire, the big fire, mm -hmm. the final night, uh, Saturday yeah. night, very proud of him for doing mm, that too. Yeah. Um, I went up and gave him a hug and afterwards he, he came up and thanked me. He's like, thank mm. you for giving me a hug. Yeah. You know, 
that's something I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. years ago. Like yeah. three years ago, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be going around hugging random dudes I barely know. Sure. Especially looking like you. Yeah. 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 So well, a little scary. I've heard that. <laughs> um, Not the scariest guy there, but no. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's that brotherly love, man. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, I'm glad I was able to connect to him yeah. that way. Sure. He's yeah. still ghosting me. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he'll uh, he'll come around. No, I, yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm just doing it in fun at yeah. this point. But, um, you know, and that's the thing. Like, uh, there's these, these guys that um, may not have never had a, a, a man in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, if they didn't have a father, they didn't have a big brother, maybe – I mean, that one kid was talking about how he was in gangs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was young. Yeah. He was. I would say he was maybe 18 or 19. He was young. Yeah. And I talked to him about jujitsu. I would have mm-hmm. never, like, the mm-hmm. day before, we were talking about doing jujitsu. Yeah. He's like, how much you bench? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I can't, actually can't bench that much. Mm-hmm. I might look like I can, but I can't. Uh, but we were talking about doing jujitsu. And he's like, and I told him, you know, I just got promoted in my blue belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, that's awesome. And then to hear that, that's the thing, man. Like, unless you talk to people, mm-hmm. you don't know. Right. right. And, again, that's one of those great things about this uh, expedition is because you're going to come across people, like I said earlier, that I would never come in contact with mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get together uh, around a fire, you break bread with these guys, and it, it, it really is an awesome thing. Um, something that I plan to continue to do. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I, miss I think the, I'm going to try advanced again. Just one more go at it. Uh, so I talked to Brian mm-hmm. about it uh, yesterday. Schultz. Yep. Yeah. Talked to him about it yesterday, and he said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe we can all <laughs> yeah. go together. We can all take over. Uh, go together. But um, I think they still do the wild at heart. Yeah, in, in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, they do. I think I'd like to do that. Yeah. What I've heard, though, is it's more commercialized. Is it? You know, it's, it's uh, you know, when the speaker's done speaking, they walk off stage. You don't see There's no connection. They get yeah. walked off with yeah. the, their security guard. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, maybe not. Though. Yeah. And you're in hotel rooms. Oh. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I just thought, oh, Colorado. Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah. It might be. Like- well, we can go and, you know, give give other people a report. Yeah. They can take an offering and send us, and then we can give the report. We yeah. can be the two spies right. that go in. Yeah, because yeah. my pastor said he went to that, mm-hmm. you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but and there is, you know, for the wives, there is a uh, a, a, a counter system. Uh, it's called uh, courageous, I think. Something like something that, like that. Yeah, that uh, is for women that that they go through, um, as well. Um, so yeah, I would just encourage you to grab the book, read it. Uh, there is a wild at heart workbook. So if you're reading the book, there's a workbook that you can get to go through it. That kind of helps you to dive deeper into it as well. Yeah. And there's, um, I know I, I'm horrible at reading. Mm -hmm. Can't, I I can read, but I don't enjoy reading (laughs) as much as I used to, but you know, everybody's doing audio books. I know yeah. it's on audio. Well, there is a version, too, of Wild at Heart that John Eldridge is actually reading yeah, it, yeah. but he has guys with him that tell their stories within it, oh. and it's awesome. I mean, it just really is awesome. 
I know I, I I think the copy I had, the 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 intro was him being interviewed by somebody mm-hmm. like ten yeah. years later after he wrote the book. Yeah. But this book's been around for like twenty something. Twenty, thirty years yeah, probably. It's a yeah. Hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> actually I don't even know how how Man Alive came to be here. Do you know? Uh, it came from Daryl Amy going to Wild at Heart in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. And then came back and uh, got a bunch of guys together and said, wow. hey, let's work through this. And it was born. That's pretty yeah. cool. That was my understanding, at least. That's probably false. Yeah. Well, that's probably fake. I don't know. Yeah. Fake news. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, in a world of chaos, it is a really great thing uh, to disconnect, be around like-minded guys. You know, that's what this whole podcast is. It's about building up guys, you know, building up strong men. And uh, part of that strength is being vulnerable mm-hmm. and being able to <clears throat> get past your wounds um, and grow from them. Yeah. Get out of the victim mentality. Yeah, which there's not a lot of that going around yeah. these days. but. Yeah. <laughs> there are some that want to, they just don't know how. Yeah. And that's where Man Alive comes in. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's something pretty awesome. I think I should try, I think I'm going to try and bring some guys this next go around. Yeah. Um, I felt that I needed to take a step back and go by myself this time because of last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Having seen you bring a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. and I think it, it, it could be really awesome. Um, you know, because I know we all know a lot of guys that mm-hmm. are doing the right things, yeah. but still, there's, there's always, anytime you go to something new, if you go in it with a full glass, mm-hmm. you can still dump something out and sure. pour something else into it. Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, was in February. Yeah. Last of February, first of March, somewhere, somewhere in that area, down in Lonsdale. Lonsdale. Yeah. Hopefully that catered again, because that was the best food ever. That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, so you missed it. Lonsdale, or what was the one you did, the father, son? Oh, that was in, uh, was it Sagahatchee? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that was just a a regular camp, too, Um, which in order to go to the father-son camp, you have had to have to go through Man Alive. Right. Um, but yeah, but in Lonsdale, they brought in this, uh, they were from Texas, like barbecue pit master oh, wow. guys and they catered the whole Well, that's thing. awesome because and the first was, time we went through, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to survive this week. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Left gain a few pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So Lonsdale mm-hmm. is near Hot Springs, Arkansas, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I guess back in the day was like a like a mobster hangout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the hot baths. Illegal, there. yeah, the uh, bath houses and the illegal gambling. So fun story, fun fact here. Um, so it was it's it was illegal to gamble in Arkansas at yeah. that point in time. So what they would do, and you can you can Google this, is all these casino owners would go to the judge once a month and plead guilty and pay a fine. Well, in the state of Arkansas, if you get three felonies, then, you know, you're in big time trouble. You're, you know, three strikes, you're out kind of thing. So what they would do is when they filed, paid that second fine, every single one of them would change their last name. 
And so like they would change it to a car. So there would be Ford or Chevy or Mustang, or it was all car related. Uh And so then when they were charged again, they got a clean slate because it was under a different name. And so then the next time they did it, they would all do a vegetable or then (laughs) all do a fruit. And, and that's how they continued this, this illegal gambling scheme down in, in hot springs. And so Al Capone, of course, was, was well known for being there. If you go to the Arlington hotel, there's actually Al Capone suite where he stayed yeah. uh, there. And the story is that in Lonsdale, there was a hotel there that yeah. was a brothel yep. that, you know, people poured in and out of. So at the actual where we're church, at, yeah, or not yeah, the church, yeah. the, uh, the Christian right. camp, because mm-hmm. that's what my, that's what my pastor told me. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, Lonsdale. Cause that's where his, you know, uh, Bible group goes mm-hmm. for, camp and that's what he said he said it was on some pad like the pad the cement mm-hmm. pad is still there and there's mm-hmm. like a pavilion or something right. now but right. it's like you no know, once it's upon the a prayer time. garden now. okay yeah yeah, yeah so how, it's, how unique i think it's cleansed at this point yeah. but yeah <laughs> it's funny how that, that that comes about but yeah i'm looking forward to the next one um be number four for me number five yeah. for you and yeah and, and, you know, as I said earlier, you, you get something different out of it. Yeah. You know, you get this one point and there were things that we went over, uh, for instance, where it talked about the casual, the crucial and the epic venture. I've never, I've never heard that before. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that was definitely new. Uh, so there, there are these parts that you find and they may have gone over it before and it was something that I completely missed. However, I think it was different because they did not show the video with the lions at the end. That is true. Because that tore me up that first time. Yeah. That that hit me yeah. in the feels. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin it, but yeah, that video hit well, me in the feels. Your Lion King will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, even if it is the same curriculum or whatever that they mm-hmm. speak on it. But it's a different speaker. Different speaker. It's... And- delivered a different, different way. season you're going to be in all mm-hmm. those things so you're yeah. probably going to receive it differently so um yeah i don't know maybe i'll go back to basic again before i do yeah. advance so who knows we'll, well no you're going to advance with me if i oh right that's next. right yeah we gotta, got you gotta let me know before gotta, i gotta have somebody to have my back yeah yeah <laughs> we'll make sure we bring some other guys too yeah. <laughs> um that's cool man I, I appreciate you doing this no um and and you know I, i'm not plugging anybody but it's manaliveexpedition.com you can see all the all the information there yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, come come check it out. If you check it out because of this, come find me. I'm the small guy. <laughs> no, I'm probably the guy with a furrowed brow, <laughs> but I'm the, pretty nice. The five four bearded gnome yeah. that walks around. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No offense to anybody that's five four and listening. You know. Yeah, because there's none don't, of those. That don't does. need anybody canceling us. We're not talking about anybody that goes to the current man. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you if you check it out, it's awesome. Check out the book; it's awesome. I'm, you know, we're not getting paid just to wild say any heart. of this. Yeah, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Yeah, it is yeah. really is a good book. Yeah, and and we're not getting paid for it, but we would love to. Oh yeah, you know, if, if the Lord so laid oh, it upon Sunday. Eldridge's heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got five dogs. He, food's not getting cheaper um yeah but uh if anybody's tuning in for the first one uh what's your podcast uh doc talks with dr brian shepherd you can find it on all stream platforms boom
So uh, check his out as well. Yours is a little more um, or mental health geared. Mental health yeah. geared, which yeah. is another hard thing for men. Yeah. Um, so you can go check out the man alive, and then once you need to talk about your feels, you can go, yeah. you know, hit up Doc. <laughs> yeah, Just hit me up. We can do it. Yeah. So I appreciate you, man. No I love problem. you. Love you too. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll do this again soon. Yeah. Sounds I gotta, good. I got to get ready. We're doing our marriage retreat tomorrow. Which the last time I was here, you were leaving. The next day too was i yeah i know i've been yeah. we've been leaving a lot lately. you were going to a wedding i think maybe oh yeah something i don't know who knows no you were going to vacation to jersey oh yeah, yeah. that long ago yeah now. it was yeah you have a lovely vacation in in jersey yeah yeah it was good yeah but you can be on my podcast and we'll talk about the mental health implications of right <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty good but yeah we're uh Bernie and I are going on a um, marriage retreat tomorrow. Mm. Same same type of thing. Shut the phones off. Mm-hmm. But it's just a husband and wife type of thing. A chef yeah. is feeding us. Wow. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle of Cajun country, I found out. Actually, we, after we left Man Alive, mm-hmm. we stopped at Pilot or wherever, go to the mm-hmm. bathroom, get some coffee. And this, uh, this older couple um, was getting his coffee too. And he I said something about a shirt. It said something about a, a, a men's, ex, not an expedition, but mm-hmm. some a camp or something. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. where's that at? And he was telling me about it. And I was telling him, we are going to our marriage one this coming mm-hmm. week. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's in deep in the middle of Cajun country. I'm like, all right. There might be some voodoo dolls yeah, down there. Maybe. Alligators how, and gumbo. How horror movies start. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees end up in the middle yeah. of the woods. Yeah. The bayou. But, uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll do this again soon. It's good. Sounds good. Do I have to come um, to New York to get on your podcast? No. Okay, because I don't want to do We that. can do it in Conway. Okay. I yeah. don't want to go to New York. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> don't blame you. <laughs> Nothing against New York, but. Well, uh, it's one of those one and done kind of kind of adventures. Yeah. Yeah. So. It scares me. Even though I'm from yeah. a city area, I'm, I'm afraid yeah. of cities now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's because you've been set free. Yeah. Been set free. Yeah, south. Well, it's good to be on the podcast with you. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. Uh, everybody on there. If you wouldn't mind, uh, my buddy who was on uh, one of the earlier episodes made this suggestion today that we pray it out at the end. Sure. Would you mind? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you uh, for Paul. Lord, I thank you for his uh, leadership in this podcast and his heart. Uh, Lord, to lead men. And uh, Father, I just pray for all those that may be listening today, Lord, from, from varying backgrounds and, and areas and walks of life. Father, I pray that you just meet them where they're at, that they would have an open heart, receptive spirit, Lord, to, uh, to accept whatever it is that you may have for them. Father, I pray that you'd use this for your glory and your glory alone. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Appreciate you. Y'all have a good, blessed week and uh, see you next time.